0: Hello everyone and welcome to another Chatterbug stream. My name is Max Roberts. Let's learn some English. Hello and welcome. It's time for another Q&A. This means you can send your questions in and I will answer them. So, um, we've had some questions already you can ab- absolutely send more questions in as the stream goes on and I will try and answer as many as possible. So welcome everyone, good to see you. Send your questions in if you have any. You can ask about the English language, spelling, grammar, you can ask about me or you can ask about Chatterbug. Um, I will try and answer all of your questions. So hello, good to see you. Nikki in the chat, hello Marsha. Diana J, great questions, thank you. Uh, So, my first question today was What is the difference between this and that? What is the difference between this and that? Um, And this is, I can see why it's tricky because both words come up a lot in different circumstances but generally, this refers to something that is close to the speaker um, so if I am saying it, um, I will be talking about something that's near me, like this pair of glasses, for example. Whereas that refers some- to something that is further away from the speaker. So I might say uh, that, um, that pair of glasses over by where you are. Um, so this are things that are close to me. That are things that are close to you. So if I were to say is this your dog? I would use that in the situation where I'm sort of holding the dog, or the dog is next to me, or the dog is around me, and the person I'm speaking to is further away. So, is this your dog? Whereas if I said, is that your dog? That would be if I'm in the park, and I can see a dog playing around, and I talk to someone, and I say, hey, is that your dog over there? Um, is... It this way or that way. So here we've got this and that used in the same sentence and this way would probably be whichever one is closer and that way would be the one that is further away. So is it this way or that way? Is it this way or that way? Uh, This way or that way? Um, So you'll often hear both used. We say this first usually. Is it this or that? Is it this or that? This is the moment that I, uh, you know, we can use this in those kind of sentences as well. Um, Or is that the thing you were talking about? And so, again, you have to kind of imagine these scenarios as things being close to the speaker or further away, even if it's not literally about a thing that is here. So, is that the reason that you said that earlier? Um, it's because I'm talking about something that refers to the speaker, or is this the reason that I feel strange is because it's sort of close to me, to the speaker? So, this is usually in and around me, that is in and around someone else. Um, hi, Bremer. Good to see you. Hello, Destiny. Hello, Kendra. Marat. Welcome. Hello, Ola. Welcome to the stream. Ah, very good. Elfrida's written another question. I will answer it after I answer some of these more questions. But please do send questions if you have any. I'm happy to answer them in the stream. So my next question today is, what is the proper way to use perhaps? what is the proper way to use perhaps? Well, maybe and perhaps are very, very similar words. You'll hear the word maybe, you'll hear the word perhaps, and really we can use them pretty much in the same situation. We call this an interchangeable word. This means that you can swap out the word um, and it will pretty much have the same meaning. So they are both adverbs that mean the same thing and we use them when we think something is possible but we are not certain so maybe i could do this that means i'm not 100 percent certain perhaps i could do this this also means i am not a hundred percent certain um, so maybe perhaps express uncertainty but i would say perhaps is more formal um so maybe is definitely more casual and used more casually. So the sentence, he was perhaps a little too smartly dressed for the party. This sounds nice and literary, this sounds like it could be from a book. Um, If I said, he was maybe a little too uh, smartly dressed for the party, that sounds definitely more casual, like a conversation I would have with friends. So perhaps is definitely more formal, maybe is definitely more conversational. And we are more likely to use maybe at the start of a sentence. We're more likely to use perhaps in the middle. Now, this isn't always true. There are examples of using perhaps at the start of a sentence, but generally I'll say something like "Mm, maybe I should have done this or "Mm, I should have perhaps done this. Uh, So generally in English the trend is for maybe to be at the start of a sentence and perhaps to be in the middle or the end of a sentence. But like I say, these words can be used pretty interchangeably. This means you can use either in most situations and it still means the same thing. Um, maybe to me sounds more like something uncertain, like a real uncertainty. Perhaps maybe sounds a little bit more like, oh, perhaps we could do this. Maybe a bit more of a suggestion, but it depends on the context. Um, so I would say just... Listen a lot to when people use it and try and figure out what context they're using it in because it does change a bit on the context um, Next question. Do you have any tips for homophones? Sometimes I can't hear the difference like with eyes and ice So what is a homophone? Well a homophone is are two words that have a different meaning but are said the same way so things like air and air, uh, bear and bear, sell and sell, write and write. So these words have completely different meanings, but they are said exactly the same way. And unfortunately, um, obviously, in the question Diana J, you said that some people can hear a difference between them. There are a lot of homophones where there is no difference whatsoever. That's what makes it a homophone. So if it's if it is a homophone. Like eyes and ice would not be a homophone because there is a sound difference. Eyes with a sort of soft voiced Z and um, ice with a sort of S sound. Uh, So ice, eyes. One of those is voiced. That means that we keep using our voice whilst we say the consonant. The other one is not. uh, The other one. Um, Ice is more of a hissy S sound. So ice, eyes, those are not a homophone, those are a near-homophone. And near-homophones are words which nearly sound the same, but there are small differences. To give you tips about these, I don't know. It's difficult um, because I think, honestly, it's just the more you hear it, the easier it'll be. Um, So words like accept and accept, accept, accept. They're very, very similar. Accept, except, so it's kind of a small difference with the vowel. Quite and quiet, quite and quiet, or one and one, one and one. So these are very, very close. These words almost sound identical, but they are not. One, I won the game. It was one day ago. There is a small difference. You just have to really tune in. There's not much that I can say to help you. But these are called neo-homophones. If it is a homophone, they sound exactly the same. Like air and air, or bear and bear, or sell and sell. What is the difference between to and also? To and also. So, in a lot of contexts, they have the same meaning. Um, but i'll show you some key differences so also comes before a verb uh, also comes before a single action verb or just a verb so she also likes to read i also speak english um, we don't really do this with two anymore so she too likes to read sounds wrong and it sounds weird i too speak english is a little bit more acceptable but sounds old-fashioned to me. So also we use before a verb. I also speak English. Um, Also can also come after a modal or to be verb. So we were also at the party. She can also join us. He is also going to the cinema. Um, To, however, is used. In positive sentences, but the placement is different to also. So Bill can join us, Ben can join us too. Uh, Bill likes to read books. She likes he likes to read poetry too. Uh, Bill likes to read books. He likes to read poetry too. Bill likes to read books. He also likes to read poetry. So here they mean more or less the same thing, but you put them in a different part of the sentence. And then to is also used before an adjective to say there is more of something than you want. So, my tea is too hot. There is more heat than I want. My office is too small. Um, he is too nice. He is nicer than he needs to be. So, too in these situations is used um, to make an adjective more co- than we're comfortable with. You can't do this with also. So, my tea is also hot does not mean the same thing as my tea is too hot. My tea is also hot means yours is hot, mine is hot as well. My tea is too hot means it's hotter than I would like. Um, so, that moves on to another question. Elfrida, when I watch an English movie, I understand most of it, but only because of the subtitles. Would it be better if I watch the movie without, so that I get used to the it quick English speaking? This is a really good question, and this is something that I struggle with with the languages that I'm learning. So if I watch some a movie in Japanese and I have the subtitles, I can pick out words, because I can see in the subtitle they need that word, uh, you know, it'll have the word for to go, and I hear them say the word that sounds like the word to go that I know. So really I only hear it with the subtitle. But I actually think that's okay because it reminds you of the words that you know and it kind of keeps you thinking about the words that you know and it helps you recognize words. So I definitely think at the early stages, watch a movie with subtitles and it can help you pick out words. But I would also say once you've watched a movie Maybe with your favourite movie in another language, watch it two or three times with subtitles and then try again without. um, Because then you know sort of what they're saying already um, and then it's a good practice. So I think it's really good to test yourself without subtitles on a movie that you already know or have already seen, whereas a new movie, try with subtitles. So a movie that you've never seen, uh, that you've seen many, many times, try it without subtitles and I think you'll understand more than you know. Because so much of our understanding is from context. And in movies, why I think it's sometimes harder to understand movies is because you don't have your own life context in this scene. Like you have to figure out where they are, you have to figure out what they're talking about. Whereas if I go to the shop and I speak to someone in the shop, I know that we're going to be talking about something to do with shopping or bags or money. Whereas in a movie, you're kind of dropped in the middle and it's a bit harder. So if it's a movie you don't know, with subtitles. If it's a movie you know very well, watch without subtitles and try it. Um, uh, Oh, this is lovely. Max, what does the sentence by Auden mean? So Auden is a English language poet. Thank you. Let the more loving one be me. Um, thank you. Let the love, more loving one be me. That's a beautiful sentence. Let the more loving one be me. So here he must be. They must be saying, um, out of us two, allow me to be the more affectionate one. The more emotional one, so I don't know the context of this poem. I wouldn't, I'm wouldn't. i going to look it up, actually. Let the loving one be me. Let the loving one be me. The more loving one. So I'm going to read a bit of it, because it sounds nice. Looking up at the stars, I know quite well that for all they care I can go to hell, but on earth indifference is the least uh, we have to dread from man or beast. How should we like it if the stars to burn with a passion for us we could not return? If equal affection cannot be, let the more loving one be me. Admirer, as I think I am of stars that do not give a damn, I cannot now uh, I see them say I missed one terribly all day. Were all the stars to disappear or die, I should learn to look at an empty sky and feel its total dark sublime, though this might take a little time. Oh, that's a beautiful poem. That's really beautiful. By W. H. Auden. So what he's saying is, um, give me a chance to be the more loving one. Um, It's sort of like, it's almost like my understanding is Give me a chance to sort of miss you. Give me a chance to be the one who chases you. Does that make sense? Um, So he says, yeah, how should we like it were stars to burn with a passion for us we could not return. If equal affection cannot be, let the more loving one be me. So it says, he's saying if the stars were the ones kind of always burning brighter with a passion for us that we could not return, then we don't appreciate them. So you need to allow someone to not to kind of miss you for you to feel the love back. So he's saying, give me less affection than I give you, and it'll make me love you more. Wow, beautiful, beautiful poem. Um, Mings. Hi, Max, how are you? I'd like to know what is the difference between kick off and kick off, and how you use them in sentences. Okay, well, kick off is a verb... And it's very, very English. Um, I'm about to kick off. I'm about to kick off. And this means, like, I'm about to get really annoyed. I'm about to be really angry. It's about to kick off. Like, the drama is about to happen. People are about to start shouting at each other. People are about to start getting upset with each other. Whereas, kick off is a sporting term. Uh, kick-off with a hyphen is a sporting term. And kick-off means... Um, kick-off means, uh, like, when the ball the ball game starts. Um, so, you know, kick-off is when the football players start playing football. It's like the beginning of the match. Um, and so they're kind of related, I guess. It's about to kick-off means it's, like, about to start. Um, you can also say, actually, it's about to kick-off just to mean... It's a start, but kick off without the hyphen is a verb. Kick off with a hyphen is a noun. So, it's about to kick off means it's about to start, but they are about to do kick off. Or like, the, it's it's time for kick off, which means it's time for the game to start. Um, Bramer, could you make a stream episode about traditional British TV formats? Like... The Soaps, Coronation Streets, EastEnders, Emperdale. Uh, I can absolutely do that, I'll write that down. I'll add that to my list. um, About traditional British TV. British sitcoms as well. There's lots of good ones. Very good. Um, No problem, Elfrida. No problem, Anaï Banez. That's good, I'm glad. That's a really good poem. I'm gonna steal that poem, I really like it. Um, Valerie, did you watch The Last of Us? I have not watched The Last of Us yet. I really want to though, it looks so good. It looks a bit uh, scary, a bit emotional. It looks really, really good. I did watch a mini documentary about the sort of zombie fungus that The Last of Us is based on, which apparently is real in ants, and is very, very scary. Uh, it makes me feel a bit sick, <laughs> the idea of a fungus that can take over your brain, and apparently that's a real thing. Um, I'm gonna give you one more minute to answer que- ask questions, so if you have any questions, please ask them in the chat now. Um, Please ask them in the chat now. um, And I will answer. What am I watching at the moment? Um, I've been watching a TV show called um, The Cabinet of Curiosities uh, by Guillermo del Toro. Um, And it's a bit kind of, it's a sort of horror, we call it a horror anthology. I'll write that, that's a really good word. So, um, a horror anthology. Anthology is a good word. So an anthology is where each episode is kind of a different story. Um, So each episode has nothing to do with the the episode before. Like each episode is a complete story and they're kind of put together. So anthology is like a collection of different stories, a horror anthology. So I've been watching that. That's been pretty... uh, They've been getting some good episodes, some episodes maybe that are a bit not quite as good but they've all been fun to watch, definitely. Um, um, Brainer, I know kick-off in the context of project kick-off meeting. Yeah, so again if you said let's kick-off this meeting that means let's start this meeting. Um, But whereas a kick-off meeting with the hyphen would mean this is the meeting to start the whole project. So, it's like, it can either be used as a verb or a noun. Uh, Mings, did you watch the Where the Crawdads Sing? I did not see that film. No. Um, yeah, I didn't see that film. Um, but... Yes, absolutely correct. Um, Daisy Edgar-Jones is in it, who was in Normal People. And then, of course, the other actor from Normal People is doing really good things at the moment as well. He's nominated for an Oscar now. Uh, Paul Meskel. Um, so yeah, um, Normal People is a great series uh, If you're looking for a good English language series I would say Normal People is fantastic It is in Irish dialect um, But they don't speak too strongly So I do think it's still okay to understand um, But they speak in sort of the uh, Irish dialect And it's a sort of Irish story So if you're interested in learning about modern Ireland Or you're thinking about visiting Ireland Then, you know, Normal People is a good bit of Uh, Irish culture. Uh, Valerie, thank you. My camera angle is different because I'm trying to avoid the sun. (laughs) Uh, Because obviously yesterday it went went a bit wrong. It was too bright. So everyone, that looks like that's all of the questions for today. So thank you so much for watching. It's been a lot of fun and uh, I'm glad you've enjoyed today's stream. Thank you for sending in fantastic questions. I do look forward to seeing you all very, very soon, um, and, uh, until the next one goodbye. Ah! Oh, here we go, here's a question. Here's a question. Uh, Ola, is it p- common to pronounce the letters S and T, uh, at the beginning of the word as S and T in German? I've heard such pronunciation here at Chatterbug and of both British native speakers and American speakers. Interesting question. Um... Generally, ST in English, we don't make St like they do in German. But I'm just trying to think of some examples. Um, so, because I think in English, it's one of those things where if the word comes from another language, we'll try and say it, like, more like that language. ST sound. Um, I don't know if there's... I can't think of any words. If you can let me know of a word that you've noticed it in. S- strategy... Um, str- I think in some dialects, um, it does sort of happen a little bit. Uh, so, I think it's more of like a dialect. Ah, okay. So, Ola said... Sh- stru- structure. So yeah, you're actually right, Um, and that's a dialect thing. So I say structure, so I would not say it, but there are some people who might say it more like structure. Um, And that's definitely a dialect thing. Structure, um, I would say maybe like South East England, they're more likely to say that. So, um, oh that's stupid, that's stupid. Um, I wouldn't say that, I would say stupid, but that's a dialect thing. Whereas there are some English dialects where you say stupid, like stupid or, yeah, so you're absolutely correct. I would say generally, um, it's more local if they say, it's like a local dialect if they say stupid or structure, um, and it's probably more universal to say structure and stupid, um, and so I would stick with the kind of more traditional pronunciation if you're in most parts of the English-speaking world. So I hope that makes sense. Definitely a dialect thing. Um, great, thank you all. Uh, that's been fun. And I look forward to seeing you all soon. Until then, goodbye. See you soon. Bye-bye.